and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Shelley Arnold. And we're two women who have experienced the anxiety that can come when God asks us to do something new and challenging. When God calls us to do something not everybody will understand, and that can be really hard. It, it can make us feel anxious, and we may be afraid if we do that thing, whatever that thing is, that we'll lose ourselves, that we'll maybe lose any chance at achieving our dreams. We may be afraid we'll lose our comfort, our time, our way of life, and we might even feel as if we're all alone in our obedience or that we're we're going to have to walk out our obedience alone. And at each moment, we must choose what we will allow to lead us, our fear or our faith. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be afraid when we step out in obedience. And in fact, that first step, it might make us incredibly fearful. Living by faith, however, choosing faith over fear, it means that we let our faith, what we read in our Bibles and what God speaks into our hearts, that we allow that to drive our actions. Wow, Jennifer, can I relate to what you just said? When our oldest son approached school age, we went to Walmart and bought the Jurassic Park lunchbox. We bought the little book bag. He was ready. We had clothes and brand new shoes and everything for him. And we're driving home and he says to me, Mom, Dad goes to work while I'm at school, right? And I said, yes. He said, and Daddy will come home when I'm already asleep. And I said, yes. He said, then I don't want to go. And I knew in that moment, God was calling me to homeschooling. My whole life flashed before my eyes. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, are you really calling me to this life? I knew one person who homeschooled and she was weird. And I didn't want to be like her. I know that sounds terrible, but it's the truth. I knew one person. I did not know how to find curriculum. I didn't know where to start, nothing. And I was afraid I would be judged for what I felt called to do then. I knew that there was uh, a decision to to be made because my husband's work schedule was such that if I didn't homeschool, our children would never see their dad. So the crux of the decision was to preserve our family unit and to preserve their time with their dad. But as I said, my whole life flashed before my eyes because I knew I'd never be alone again. I would never have a normal schedule. I would have all this responsibility and so much to learn and so much to keep track of and so much work to do and not be able to work full-time outside the home to contribute to our finances. Homeschooling would pretty much run our family. But looking back, I know now that there were so many reasons that God had me do that, not the least of which is I was good at performing tasks with my children, but I was not good at learning who they were or paying attention to their needs and listening to them as pers as people. Another thing is I believe I was supposed to ground them in scripture more than they would have been grounded attending public school. And also, like I said, the only way to keep a family schedule where they would have time with their dad was to homeschool because of their dad's work schedule. Parenting can be really overwhelming. I think that can be one of the most challenging roles that many of us will experience. And as you were talking, I was thinking about what it would have been like to be a young woman 
raising God's son. So within the first pages of the New Testament, we read about a woman who was given this call, an incredible, amazing, and probably a hugely overwhelming call to birth and raise the son of God. And to give some backstory, the nation of Israel, they'd experienced 400 years of divine silence, meaning that God hadn't spoken through a prophet in centuries and the people were waiting and hoping, I'm sure, for, I'm sure they were praying for their Messiah. And then God broke this extended period of silence when he sent the angel Gabriel to a young unmarried woman in Nazareth a village in Galilee, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So the Bible tells us, now this is starting in Luke chapter one, verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Well, in verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy one to be born will be called the son of God. And then he tells her about her relative, Elizabeth, an old woman who had been barren for a long time, who had become pregnant as well, miraculously, because he said in verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. And then here comes my favorite, one of my favorite verses in scripture, or maybe my most convicting verses in scripture. It's verse 38. And it tells us that Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, I love that. I love that God sends a messenger to warn her of what she's called to be you know, what he wants to do in her life and for her and with her and through her. And I love her response that she looks at where she is and her lack, but she doesn't let it stop her. She doesn't let what she's missing, a husband yet, you know, a marriage yet. She doesn't let those things stop her from saying yes. She she trusts God to work out the details and handle all the the other aspects of what she's called to do. But what a, what a scary thing that must have been for her, you know, culturally, an unwed mother was not accepted. An unwed mother was rejected. An unwed unwed mother would be judged, could be harmed, would be ostracized. There was a lot at risk for her, but I love that she didn't let the fear of the risk or what that could cost her stop her from saying yes to God's calling on her life. Absolutely. And you know, if you continue the story. So that had to be overwhelming and she had to feel, I mean, obviously she didn't know anybody else this had happened to. So it wasn't like she could go call her best friend or go talk to her best friend and say, Hey, how did you deal with this? What did, what, what, how did God get you through this? But I do think it's significant that the angel said, you know, and by the way, your relative Elizabeth is, has received a child as well through miraculous means. And what I was really struck with, because I'm an introvert who can sometimes think that I can do everything on my own until I reach an issue or a situation that I can't. And then I have kind of barricaded myself into isolation. And it's really hard in the middle of a crisis to go build the friendship that you didn't have. And I love how scripture, if you continue reading, it says that Mary went to go stay with Elizabeth. That was an 80 mile journey. And I just wonder if every step of the way is, 
is Elizabeth going to really believe me? I mean, well, yeah, sure. She's miraculously pregnant too, but will she believe that I am? Or will she think I'm just giving this story? Will she want me to show up? Well, maybe I should handle this on my own. And I just, that's what I would have done every step of the way. Isn't it just like God to have a friend waiting for her, to have an ally waiting for her? Because I see that when I envision that scene of Mary arriving at Elizabeth's house, you know, and scripture documents that that when Mary greets Elizabeth, Elizabeth feels the baby jump in her womb and she breaks into praise and worship to God. That that experience for Mary, you know that bolstered her faith. You know that gave her confidence because God is showing her, you know what? You're not alone in this. Every time you think you're alone, you remember your cousin Elizabeth. Every time you think you can't do this, you watch her have this baby and be raising this son that's a miracle in her life. Because this is a miracle for Mary. She doesn't have a husband at the time. You know, her baby is going to have God as his father, not an earthly man as his father. Elizabeth didn't have what it took. You know, her health wasn't working. Her body wasn't working for her to conceive and carry a child. And God does the miraculous. He does it anyway. So Mary has a miracle to look at in herself. And she has a miracle to look at in her family member, an ally and a friend who's going through the same type of miracle as she is. He didn't leave her alone. Yeah. And I think God recognizes something I think we have a tendency to forget and that that's that we need one another to walk out these journeys. And we tend to, at least I tend to overemphasize my strength and kind of downplay my weakness, or sometimes maybe I'm just ashamed of my weakness. And this story reminds me that I need to actively seek out my allies. I need to actively seek out those people who can be a support to me. And that takes effort and it might be inconvenient. You're exactly right. And, you know, that takes humbling ourselves. You know, Mary, she couldn't hide and go see Elizabeth at the same time. She had to leave where she was. As you said, she had to travel a long journey. And I can't imagine that newly pregnant because I threw up all the time when I early in my pregnancy. So I can't imagine that. But being newly pregnant, first time pregnant, don't have a husband and probably traveling by yourself that long and that far, that distance, you know, and show up at Elizabeth's probably unannounced. Do you know if you're going to be welcomed? But God had prepared that. I love this story because I think it shows us that God's voice and direction can be trusted, that he is trustworthy, you know, that he's He's going to prepare that when he calls us to something difficult, when he calls us to something new and hard and unknown, that unknown place, he is going to prepare the way. We don't know how. He, he will provide an ally if we'll let him, you know, if we'll reach out to others and say, you know what, guess what God's calling me to, or guess what he's asked me to think about doing now. If we speak up to a fellow believer or to someone who can be a potential ally, or someone we see who's going through a very similar to journey to ours, that's going to be an encouragement all through that journey, all, all through that path, no matter how long it takes. And I love what you said, if we will let that person be an ally, and I'm going to be speaking frank here, so you and I have become quite close, and you have been many times filled that role for me, but in filling that role for me, you've also over the course of our relationship, you've spoken hard truths to me. You called things, you know, made me aware of things. And we can't have one without the other, right? We can't have that type of close supportive relationship if we're walling ourselves off in self-protection from what that looks like. 
And I don't know, you know, what kinds of conversations Mary and Elizabeth had in her home, but Elizabeth was an older woman. And so I'm sure she was discipling and speaking and, and she was a godly woman because her husband was a priest. And, and scripture tells us if you go back in Luke, that they were a very godly family, very godly couple. So there was probably some discipleship going on. And sometimes I will encounter women who I will hear them say, or, or people in general, I will hear them want the close relationship, right? Because our hearts were created for that. And we know we can't do life alone, but at the same time, we are protecting ourselves from that. Because I think it's like you said, it's that place of vulnerability is saying, you know what? Yeah. You're going to see parts of me that aren't perfect. You're going to see parts of me that maybe I'm still struggling with. You're going to see my need. You're going to see all those things that I don't want to put on Facebook in our Facebook culture or our Instagram culture. And so I love that you said, if we will let them be our allies. Well, we do have to choose that, don't we? And I, I love that you feel so highly of our, of our friendship. And I feel the same. We've both said difficult things to each other in love. And I think that's a strength in our relationship. I, I want to envision Elizabeth and Mary's relationship being that way, that of where they could, they could ask tough questions. I want to envision that Mary could ask Elizabeth, can I really trust God with this? He's told me he's going to do this, but can, and not be afraid of rebuttal, but trusting Elizabeth to encourage her and say, you know what, sweetie, we're in the same boat and I'm listening to God the same. He's doing, you know, a new work in my body too. I want to believe that that was the case. And that's why God led her to go to Elizabeth. I think in our case for our friendship, I know that God directed our paths to each other. And I appreciate that all the time. I've told you before, you are a gift from God to me. He calls us to serve with allies and with fellow believers. And I think that's part of where Mary got the courage to obey for the long haul. I love that. Well, I do want to speak to those who are in a place of isolation that they have no control over. Maybe they're, they've moved to a new area. Maybe they're in a season of life where they're moving all the time. Maybe they're an in-home caretaker. And maybe they're, I want to speak to those of you who are just really super lonely. And I do want to say, we're sorry. That's That's one of the hardest things you can experience. I just encourage you, it might be a rough season and it might be a long season. I just encourage you to know that God sees that he knows and he cares and just keep asking him, Lord, give me an ally and just be persistent with your prayers. And then ask him, Lord, guard my heart so that I don't begin to see myself as rejected. So I don't take this pain that I'm experiencing and cause it to inflict wounds and lies in my heart. So pray for those two things. Well, I hope that today's episode encourage you to take some courageous steps on your own and then to gather some people around you who can be a support to you and if you haven't already done so i encourage you to subscribe to this podcast then you won't miss a single episode make sure to share it with others and we would love it if you would rate it as well that helps others to find it until next time may you go with the courage of one who truly has been set free Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, 
Just head over to lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.